Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez, and this week's guest is Max Crocker of ND Drift, who is going to be having a Pro 2 shootout this year. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello? Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? Uh, not too bad yourself? Not too bad. Just Just got home, like, 15 minutes ago so sure day, sure day went a lot longer than i thought it was supposed to usually how it works huh uh yeah yeah i work in service so sometimes service calls don't go as smoothly as you hope right what an industry uh i work on fire alarms okay okay so. cool uh all man if you'd like to uh go ahead and introduce yourself and uh all that fun stuff and tell us what you're going to be doing this year yeah, um, I'm Max Crocker with ND Drift. Um, this year we are we are holding the SRD 10K Drift F Formula Drift Pro Am Shootout uh-huh. um, at Top End Dragways in Glendon, Minnesota. For some reason, I thought it was in North Dakota because it said ND well, Drift. Yeah, it's, it's seven miles from Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, so, same difference. I mean, it's it basically where everyone stays is in, you know, right on, right in the border. So, um, ND Drift was created in 2015. We ran an event in North Dakota and then um, lost the facility, went back to, or then a, some friends of ours at Sandback Race Development purchased the track and... Um, built a drift course there so we've been drifting there since 18 2018 and and it's only getting bigger and better and more fun and yeah nice so how did the uh pro 2 shootout just come to be like how did like well so um like i said i've been in well i've been involved in drifting for since 2007 really um and we held the event in 2015, you know, constantly been pushing, trying to get events. And we had a pretty awesome event in 2015, 2018, the, the new track got done. We ran some, you know, just normal grassroots events just to get, just to get things moving. And then we decided to have the big 10 K event last year. And when we did that, we just kept trying to improve as we were planning the event. What can we make it better? Well, you know, first we were giving away, a total of fourteen thousand dollars in prize money, ten k to first, twenty five hundred to second, uh, and then um, for some odd reason my math just killed me. So then a thousand to third and, and five hundred to, to fourth. So, um, you know that was the that was how it started. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Falcon Tire came on board and brought Matt Field out. So that was the next cool thing, right? Matt Field was going to be out, you know, up in Minnesota you know, pretty rare to have someone like that, you know, a caliber of driver like that to, to come up and, and be part of your event. Well, and then, and then, you know, I started to bug Jim and Ryan mm-hmm. about, about being a pro-am shootout event. And eventually I think Jim got sick of me and said, uh, okay, yep, let's, <laughs> uh, let's make it happen. So, so we made it happen and, and we ran the event last year, 
went pretty smooth. Didn't have the driver count that we exactly were looking for, but we had, you know, it, it was still a really good event. Uh, it rained four days in a row and, and we put on the best show possible and it was, it was awesome. Um, and had last drivers year's from, wasn't a, sh- a shootout event, was it? No, it wasn't technically a shootout. That was, that was the biggest, um, you know, kind of a misconception is, is it was a single, it was a single round licensing event, but it wasn't a shootout. Um, we didn't do the double elimination. We just did a, a top 32 bracket. Oh, okay. And, and, um, that's how we reached our, our final. So this year is, this year is an actual shootout where we'll have double elimination and 40 driver cap, et cetera. And, if I if I can ask, because I haven't seen it actually in person or on paper, how does the the let's say for you guys it's max of forty drivers. Let's say we got forty drivers that show up. How does the double elimination round work? So and and here's kind of where I'm learning as well because we haven't done it yet either. Oh, okay. Um, and on paper, on paper it looks like so you'll compete your first. You know, everyone goes into we'll say the winners bracket, right? Okay. Um, so everyone's in the winners bracket, and then you take, you know, your twenty losers from the winners bracket, and you put them in the losers bracket. And then you'll run. So then you'll kind of alternate. So then you'll run your your next twenty in the winners or in the in the losers bracket. You'll run those twenty. And after you've lost twice, you're out. But okay. Then, then you'll just alternate back and forth. So you run the lose the loser bracket. Then you'll go back and run all the, the um, all the runs in the winners bracket, and you'll just kind of bounce back and forth. And that's how it meets your battles. Um, but again, I'm still a little, you know, I haven't quite gone over it in in heavy detail with um, Brian Ager or Edgar yet. Uh, from MDU and I, and I plan to have a, a pretty good in-depth conversation with those guys on how, you know, the ins and outs, I've kind of understood how it works, but, or have a, have a grasp on how it should work, but I, I'm not exactly 100% sure on how they ran it. So still, still working on that, but that's kind of my interpretation on how I feel it should work. So hopefully it's similar to that. And if not, maybe they got their ways way more efficient, probably, but I'd assume it's about that. So yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Like just to see, like you've seen like the top sixteen brackets or even the top thirty-two, yep. like the way it breaks down. I'm just trying to figure out how the forty works. Like I understand well, 40, that it moves over. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's you know there's it's I, let me put it this way. It's kind of weird. It doesn't you know you'd think there's a buy run, but there's not because someone loses somewhere. And then they got to go into a loser's bracket and then they battle someone and then they, they, you know, they win. Basically, if you win, if you lose once in say the top 20 or top 40, even you, and then you get put in the loser's bracket, you still can make it to the championship round and, and go against, uh, go against someone in there. So in theory, the loser's bracket go winner goes against the winner's bracket winner. Okay, I now that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, so I mean, it is it is a little it is a little back and forth and a little kind of you know confusing per se, but the drivers that I've spoke to that that ran MDU or US Drift or Vegas or 
Sonoma last year absolutely loved it. Um, and, and they felt that, that it really, you know, first and foremost, if you're going to travel all that way, you at least get to battle. Yeah. That's one thing I do like you know, about it. You don't get, you don't just, we had a couple people zero out last year in qualifying and they didn't even get to battle. And that's, you know, they drove from Ohio or, you know, even though it was only four hours from Minneapolis, but some of them drove from Minneapolis and, you know, they just, there's, there's, you know, at least you get to battle. At least you get to spend all day in practice and then you get to battle. So that's a plus. With the uh, Falcon Tire, I don't know what the deal is, but just out of curiosity, so can pretty much anyone order Falcon Tires for that competition, or is that not part of the deal? They're just kind of on well, as a financial so, so support. So this year, this year, there's still the the logistics are still in the works, you know, with Falcon and and what's going on. That there's nothing dialed in quite yet about that. Um, the track owners and they they are very very um much involved in in running the events um andy drift is basically the, the you know who promotes it per se we we do all the promoting on that page mm-hmm. but but uh top end dragways and and sandback race development are are just as involved in in organizing and running the events and and they they work on all the big sponsor stuff and and that is still all in the works but it's not you know they haven't dialed that in so last year they just you know they brought in matt and and helped with some other things around the events for the whole year um like i said this year is still kind of in the works but you you absolutely can order falcons for that event absolutely oh okay (laughs) you know, um, there is no there is no tire restriction. Oh, that there's a tire question. size, right? But there's no tire restriction. Uh, what do you mean by tire size, but no tire restriction? Well, so so um, you can run any tire you want, any brand tire you want. Oh, okay, got it. Uh, as as long as it's not a slick, right? Yeah. But you can run any brand tire you want. You just can't run, you know, anything over a two sixty millimeter. Okay. So, you know, if it if if you run a Kenda and it reads over you know if it reads under 260 and it's a 265 you can still run it but if you run a 255 and it measures over 260 you can't so it's kind of a it's kind of a battle there is no we have a tire tool and we'll measure you know we'll measure at tech and we'll measure one rear tire before every battle so yeah you know what? i saw that tool this weekend at uh at the drift league michael Jim was running around at random yep and he was just placing it on people's cars i was like oh that's what that looks like yeah, it's a. I, I was kind of curious too until it showed up a couple of weeks ago. That, very simple uh, tool. <laughs> yeah, it is a very simple tool. Put it on. It's a go or no go tool. If it doesn't, if your tire don't fit, then you don't drive. Yeah. So pretty simple. It's it's a cool deal. I did see it from a bit of afar, so I wasn't sure like of where it's being measured at. As far as it, is it like the tread itself? That's well, measured? yeah. So it's a. It's it. Really, it's um, it's a straight piece. And then it ha- and then it goes down at an outward angle. So, if you, um, so when it, you put it on, it the, hugs the, the tire, two, essentially. Yeah, the two pieces that go out on an a- outward angle can't touch any part of the sidewall before your tread does. Oh, okay. So if your tread, you know, if the tread doesn't touch the tool, then you don't go. 
or then you're disqualified for for oversized tire ah okay now that makes a little bit more sense and then they do have it come you have to measure it what is it three inches from the floor well i mean i there's no there's no definitive you know where that might be where they were measuring it oh okay Uh, be honest to be honest fd didn't make this rule um it's just all the guys kind of came up and said hey this is what we're gonna do and um and trying to keep it as consistent as possible through all the series. Yeah. So this way, no, some guy just doesn't show up with like two ninety fives and like dominate. Yeah. Everybody. I mean, you're you're running a you know MDU lets you run this or you know or US Drift lets you run this and then yeah. you do a different rule. It just becomes a mess. So so this way now everyone's pretty much on the same you know the the same mentality. They're they're going into it and say, hey, all pro am cars have to be this way. And and it leaves less for interpretation. Got it. And then you guys are you guys are follow, following the pro am book as well. Well, you guys have to to be licensing. Yeah, we're, requ- we're yeah we're required. And and again, you know, uh, our, first and foremost, our we want our drivers to have a good time, but we don't want anyone to get hurt. Um, or or worse, right? So so the rule book is what it is. I understand people's complaints about it because, you know, it's another $2,000 that someone has to spend on their car or, or, you know, it was later in the, the build season before it was released. And, and I completely understand the the gripes, but I think that it's absolutely necessary for the progression of the sport. Pro-Am cars are now what pro two cars were when it pro two started. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, they're fast. And even on our small track where, where you, you know, you're not running fourth gear, hundred mile an hour entries. Right. But you, you're still going quick. And if you hit one of those K rails at speed, you're, you're going to feel it. And I think that it's absolutely necessary that you have, you know, the proper safety equipment. Yeah. I've noticed Plus it, that. Kind of, it separates the men from the boys a little bit in yeah. that, in that retrospect, if you're not, if you're not willing to spend the money, then maybe it wasn't you know, it, it wasn't for you either. You don't want to run, you don't want to run pro am or, and which is fine. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, there's no hard feelings one way or the other. I got great friends that are just like, yeah, no, we're not going to run this year. We don't want to do that much. Yeah. But, but then there's guys who are like, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. And that's very, it's very cut. Like, with everybody like on the side of like, oh, prime's getting too expensive, and then other people are like, well, you kind of just got to level up because the sport is. Yep, well, and that's and that to me is the exact mentality you should have, right? Like, either if if pro am becomes too expensive, you got to understand that pro or pro two is five times that amount. Yeah. So so if in you know in the in the hard explanation of things if you can't afford pro-am pro and they've made pro-am easy pro-am used to be four rounds or five rounds you know it was never a shootout yeah so now it's one round so now you don't have to budget for four rounds of traveling you don't have to you know do all that so really the cost is has diminished being a shootout so you know, and it's not all that way, right? There's still series that run series, multiple events, but um, it's it's kind of a give and take. FD has allowed for the shootouts. 
but they've said, hey, if you're going to do any type of um, pro-am, you got to abide by these rules. Yeah. And and I and frankly, I support I support Jim and Ryan and Kevin and Andy on on that decision because it it not only covers the driver's ass, but it covers ours and and FDs as well. Gotcha. What other um, confirmed partners do you guys have right now that you're allowed to talk about? Of course. Um, right now. Falcon, um, yeah. Other than Falcon. Yeah. Right now, it's just uh, Sandback Race Development which is the headline um, sponsor. And then um, we still got quite a few that are just in the works. We don't have a lot. We yeah. have Samsonis. Um, Samsonis is on board. The The top two drivers of the series or of the event will get $1,000 vouchers to Samsonis. Nice. Which doesn't sound like a lot if you're if you're thinking about their thirteen thousand dollars sequential box. Yeah, but their entry but level five thousand. But if you're thinking about box. their their dog box, then then a thousand dollars goes a long way. Yep, sure does. So, yep, working on that, trying to you know see what we can get for for some other brands out there. We have you know we definitely have some some people that we're talking to. We're just not nothing's you know set in stone yet. So I don't wanna I don't wanna jump that gun until until we're able to talk about it a little bit more in depth gotcha what uh what day is the um what's the date for the pro two shootout again so the the weekend is july 9th through the 12th um ninth will be rolling in tech uh that's the thursday um so that'll be rolling in tech the 10th will be practice obviously if we have some people that are rolling in and they need to be teched on friday we'll definitely do that um and then, but then it'll be all practice all day. The shootout is the 11th, and then we'll have a Sunday fun day where you know local grassroots dudes can can drive with some pro am guys and and just have a day of, of bashing around and having a good time. Last year that was our our best weather day, oh, okay. um, and the driving was incredible. So it was a lot of fun. Um. Oh, you already went over. I was about to ask you that same question you just answered. Uh, any reason you guys chose to do a shootout over a full Pro-Am series? Is this like a filler for you guys? Do you no, so, intend to run so, a Pro-Am series later? Um, you know, the conversation has gone back and forth multiple times. Um, this is a, a drag race facility as well. Okay. So can't, you can't, and, and the track, the drift track is literally a barrier away from the the drag strip so you can't you can't do drifting and drag racing at the same time which kind of limits our weekends that's gotcha. issue number one issue number two we're in you know minnesota and uh we'll have the snow will finally be gone probably mid-april mm-hmm. um and and it'll start snowing again in october so to have you know, and, and we still want to please, we're, we're very much about grassroots drifting. We're very much about it. We love grassroots drifting and, and we want, we want to get people into drifting at, at a, at a great rate. And if we're, and if we take up some of those weekends with series events, you know, pro-am series, then we're going to limit the driver development at the grassroots or, or beginner level. Okay. Uh, 
because now we have this year we'll have three drift 101 which is a beginner day a drift 102 which is more like um you know trying to kind of find you know get get fine tuning done on on your driving and learn how to tandem etc and then we'll have we'll have four of our drifting the plains grassroots events throughout the year as well so i mean really we have in the grand scheme of things you know we have what is that three four eight events this year okay and then like within those events are those kind of helping like are you guys doing anything to help mold these guys who are going to be doing the shootout let's just say it's you know you're going to get a lot of local guys going to those events um are you helping like mold them into a pro two driver to get them ready for that if they do make the cut so yeah, I mean, so really, we're we're really pushing some of those guys that are that are driving. We we don't, you know, we. <laughs> it's it's funny that you ask that because it's, you know, I come from when I I, I drove MDU one round and it was why it was a it was a rude awakening for me because there was absolutely they push their drivers to be the best drivers they can be, um, and and if if you come up to any of our events, you, you see one of these guys or see a group of these guys drive and they are awesome. Um, and they push themselves to be honest. Most of the time I don't have to push and, and I don't have to, you know, there, there doesn't have to be much training because these guys are, are very, very good drivers that want to get to that level. Um, but if they need any help, we absolutely help them in any way we can. I mean, if it's, um, if it's, trying to help them with with sponsors there's you know sandbeck race development sponsors alec robbins and on his pro car and has been since for for a couple years now since he got his own car done mm-hmm. and and they've you know they've helped him with the engine package and tuning and and it's and it seems to have worked great um they help they help very much yeah and then there's a couple other you know local partners that we try to work with and and get some people get some people some help if they need it and on the topic of help so uh, like i said i attended the drift league this week and um one of the things i noticed it was just it was kind of like a big shocker for me because i've noticed it we all i think a lot of people do this is proper line um like at your yeah. grassroots events are on those days are you because most people just kind of get happy that they're able to make it through the course i'm definitely guilty of that i know that right and instead of me focusing on trying to put the car where it needs to be you know getting comfortable with moving your car into outer zones and inner clips and stuff like that like really learning that car control um instead of rather just get, being happy that you got through the course and possibly practicing bad habits so to speak right Um, are you guys doing anything like that to help these drivers like hey on our grassroots events this is a pre-designated line you should be on work on it yeah so we talk about that we say hey you know at first i'll be honest when we started this this or when this track opened up and you know we had our first couple events we really didn't care we just said hey this is a layout that we'd like you to run go do what you do you know go enjoy yourself um and last year we'd set up, we felt, or we found when we'd set up an actual course with some inner and outer zones that mm-hmm. people were a little bit more adamant about trying to get there. Yeah. That's, um, 
that said, some of our places are very unforgiving. I mean, we have three areas where it meets a drag strip wall. Um, we have two pretty good corners where it meets some K rails. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, you know, there's in, and our facility is not very big, you know, the facility out at top end isn't huge, but it's, it's good and technical. So you can still learn that stuff without completely destroying your car. Um, and really our, our focus this year is, you know, that if you're, if, even though you might have been to 15 events, but you really don't have that fine tuning on, on how to adjust your line or mm. how to stand them, that's what our drift 102 days will be focused on teaching you on a low pressure, no spectators, 20 drivers mo at most, you know, five instructors, that type of thing. Um, that will be, that will be that setting where we're, we're able to like quiet it down a little bit. So you don't feel so rushed. You make a mistake. You can get back in line and almost go instantly. You know, you don't have to wait for 10 minutes to get another run. It's, it will be, you know, it will be very learning orientated, but then at our grassroots events, we are also having a grassroots style series point series this year. Oh, cool. Um, you know, that's, that's sponsored by a local company Fargo drifting and they are, they're putting up a thousand bucks to the winner. And then I think it's 500 for second and 250 for third, um, for the point series at the end of the year, whatever you, you know, whoever those top three in the points are at the end of the year, they'll make a little bit of money. Each event will have a plaque. Um, so it just, it's going to push some of these guys to, to learn and to, to adjust to those types of things. Yeah. That's a, that's kind of like one of the things I really noticed. And, uh, I really hope that that gets situated for everyone, especially going to prom because people will go to prom and don't even know how to, they can barely complete a lap. I'm, Again, right. Guilt. Yep. I am and they've that never guy. ran tandem, and they've never done any of that. I am so. definitely that guy, and and it's not. I'm not proud of it, but it's like well, it took me learning, and that's the yeah, point. It took me two years to realize that after a whole bunch of money that was spent for no reason, and I could have been like, you know, going to these grassroots events. But um, sure, obviously, this podcast helped me kind of like learn a lot of stuff too. So, yep, you know, it all. It all comes with time, so I'm hoping that this all works out. Um, sounds like it. It sounds like you know you have at least the right right mindset going into it. You know, our biggest thing is that we want to, you know, our hope is, is that from the grassroots side, if they decide then they want to run pro am, we're going to help them. We we've helped them in the competition pressure and tandem, and you know, even though it's. You know, they're going to spend more than $1,000 to compete at those four events, mm -hmm. you know, in the grand scheme of things. Not registration, but registration and tires and maintenance, et cetera. They're going to spend more than 1000 bucks, but they're going to go. They're going to have a good time. They're going to get to drive with buddies or people they've never driven before, and they're going to learn. And, and I think that's that's a, a huge aspect of it. And our hope is, is that we can get some other smaller sponsors on board um, to help them with the car adjustments going into pro-am whether it be a seat company for a containment seat or you know a a a fire suppression company or you know something like that that will help them move into 
um, pro-am a little easier if that's the decision they decide to make. Yeah. And then do you guys have, like, maybe something set up for, at least here, like, the series that I see a lot, like, they're, they're judged, like, here in SoCal. I've never been anywhere else, so I don't know how everything works everywhere. Um, like, the judges will go up to the drivers and just kind of give them feedback, like, hey, you're doing, oh, really, you're doing really well, or, hey, like, you are not doing hot. you got to figure something <laughs> yeah. out. And no, but yeah, it's, you need the honesty. They, yeah, no, they, you do. You do need honesty. The, the biggest problem is people are afraid to give it, and, and when you're online, no one wants to hear it. So, yeah, if your mom's your uh, spotter, and she's like, yeah. you're doing good, Jimmy, yeah. <laughs> and, you know... You're yeah, spinning out every lap? Like, that's not going to help yeah. you. <laughs> nope. Nope, not at all. But, yeah, I mean, we, we definitely try to push people into trying new things. Um, you know, we'll, we sit there for 8, 9, 10 hours, 12 hours a day and watch you drive. And eventually we're like, yep, this guy uh, needs to lower the tire pressure and go a little harder. Yeah. Or, you know, we, we definitely give you the pointers that we feel can actually be a benefit um there's there's people who are kind of overzealous about it that want to give you a pointer every single lap and i was one of those guys like hey this guy's got it oh he almost had it let me give him one more pointer um but i've what i've come to find out is you give them one pointer and you let them work at it for a while and once they get it down then you can kind of start giving them a couple more baby steps and by the end of the day the the progression is far more improved than if you were there in their ear the whole time yeah i think well like i was i i know i made the comments about like everyone maybe not being on the best line this weekend but this is also the first round of you know the season so it is understandable that a lot of these guys just finished their car quite a the guy who won um i don't know his first name his last name is ellington Uh, i think it's sideways sean on instagram sure him they were assume that it's sean ellington yeah, him. I was talking. I was talking to somebody in the pits, and the dude was like, "He's like, oh yeah. By the way, this is his first time driving it since that motor's been in because he didn't even get a chance to go test because all the tracks were closed out. Like everyone had something sure. set up already. Um, sure. But that goes to show like his just his ability. Um, right, and that's and that's you know it, that's awesome. Unfortunately, that's not everyone, right? Correct. Like, yeah. Very much so. And and it's actually a very small, small portion of the drivers that can hop in a car and do whatever the hell they want to. A very small portion. Um, You know, a lot of these guys battle it out for a year before they kind of figure out their car. And then they spend another, you know, four or five events figuring out how they drive. And then, you know, by the time it's all said and done, you got two years into it and you haven't gone anywhere, which is the big misconception in drifting. And, and lately it's been flowing around on social media, the comment of we have a lot of pro cars, but not a lot of pro drivers. And I've, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about that. And, and it's, it's funny in its own retrospect because these guys are, you know, are, are, all trying to fight for the same dream or the, you know, the same thing to see if they can make it the show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, and, and the biggest, we just got to tell them buy the essentials and then spend the rest of the money on seat time. Our track, our track here, 300 horsepower is going to do the exact same as 700 horsepower. 
Because it's such a tight it's track. It's just not going to be as loud. Yep. It's just not going to be as loud. And the 700 horsepower car might get Unless the jump up Unless you have a VQ. It's definitely loud. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, right, right. But, like, so, like, back to, like, these people that were just coming into, like, starting their season, on their test days, they're not test, they're not practicing line. So that's why. No, I'm, they're just trying to make sure their car doesn't break. Yeah, and they're, like, they're doing some wild shit, but they're not, like, we have Willow Springs over here, and, you yep. know, none of these guys, well, not, I want to, well, just, the pro guys will. We'll put them to the side because when I when you see their test days, and actually I just kind of realized that. Okay, so a pro guy's test day, every time you see a video of them, they're riding the wall. Uh, right, right. When you see like a pro-am guy's test day, nine times out of ten, the dude's not, you know. He's safe. Yeah, he's running very safe, and I get it. It makes total sense because you don't want to wad your car up in a wall on a damn practice day. No, and and he can't afford to fix it, or Correct. he doesn't have a team of eight people there, or whatever. And and frankly, the only reason that every time you see a video of a pro guy is because he already spent three hours test making sure the car wasn't going to break, and he started to inch closer and closer and closer. And finally, when he got on the wall, that's when they started taking the video. Yeah, there's no eight hour eight hour live stream of some pro driver's test day, and that's because frankly they don't. They don't want people to see them do, you know, to bobble on an initiation or to break a control arm or to, you know, whatever the case may have been, a tune not be perfect. That's what they're there for. That's what test days are there for. And I think that these pro-am guys, they videotape everything, which is great because I like to see the realness of drifting. Mm-hmm. And, and that is very much part of it is to go out there, spend the only hundred dollars that you have for the week to rent the track for two hours or three hours, whatever it might be. And, and struggle because then you're going to go back to the garage and you're going to fix it. and You're going to do it all over again. That's part of the game. And I think that's that, absolutely part of the game. And I think that that's, that's maybe something that we would be beneficial for all of us to see, even the fans, like people that aren't even necessarily trying to compete, people that are just fans of drifting, to nope. see that from a pro driver just to be like, hey, like, it, like I have to practice too. Like, I didn't just go in there and throw it up on the wall. Like, it took me th- three hours to get that get that close. Yep. See, and really what, what, what would be cool to see, and this is just, maybe this is a call out to Steph, but get uh, Papadakis, the Papadakis Racing Group, when they go out to finally test the Supra and whatever Ryan Turk is running, um, you know, to get those guys to video the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so they can see what works and what doesn't. Um, it's okay if things break. That's what happens. Yeah. And it's um, not necessarily like getting secrets out, but cause some people will see it as that. And I, I, I think I'm just so narrow minded when it comes to like, cause I'm not concerned with what other people are doing like for right, right. to gain competitive advantage um so i'm just like i just want to see what they're doing because i want to know uh like how do the yeah. pros do it i know the progression yeah absolutely yeah and be... i think that's important i mean we got we got guys that come and you know they test in fargo um before before the you know they'll go out to whether it's pro 2 or whatever they'll come test at well not in fargo but in uh, minnesota there and they'll they'll run a couple laps and something won't go right or they'll need to adjust the tune or they'll 
you know, have to adjust suspension and get it right. And then they go out and the next three laps will be good. And then they'll have a rough one. They'll make some more adjustments and then they'll go out and kill it. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's more important than the rest of it. I mean, how did you get to a dialed in car that could go out to Long Beach and win the, win the event? A lot of those drivers are drivers that have been in the series forever, but so they know exactly everything about it. But I think it's just as important to know the the little things. And, and then it helps other pro-am dudes figure out what they're doing wrong. Some of these guys come with cars never even tested before. And and that's fine, but that's that's gonna be it's gonna make for a rough weekend for, for most of them. And that's a great example with Steph and Osbo in that new car because now not only is that a brand new car it seems as if they're using bolt-on stuff now. It's all wise yeah. fab. Like before, it was Steph making most of it. From my understanding, I don't. I don't know the full background story. Um, but well, now I assume it wasn't wise fab, right? And, no, not on the and, Corolla. <laughs> no, no, and I'd and I'd assume that that they they struggled a little bit with trying to find the right program per se. Um, but it didn't seem like they struggled. It didn't seem like they struggled a whole lot because they're really successful right out the gate. Correct. And that's a testament to the quality of driver that Osbo is. But at the same, at the same time, it's, you know, you're still not seeing what did go on behind the scenes. You know, the cool thing about the Supra build has been that Steph, live streamed the engine assembly or the or he, he videoed the teardown he live streamed the engine assembly yeah um and i think that's important for for people that are getting into the you know that quality of drifting i mean if you're if you're just getting into drifting um then maybe that's not as big of a worry but if you're if you're getting into pro pro drifting then that's a huge deal and i think it's important yeah what what are you guys saying like is a killer or if any like wait wait you guys said you, you struggled with some car count last year how, yep. how much of a car count struggle was well, there what we, were you expecting we had... and what did you get well, we were hoping for fifty. Okay. We got uh, twenty-five. Jesus. So okay. half of half of what half of what we were hoping for, we got. Now, again, I'm going to chalk that up to no one knew who the hell we were. Okay, that's fair. Um, you know, no one knew if we were going to pay out. They were. They weren't sure that they weren't sure that uh, that the the check was going to be good. You know. And, and I can see that. I understand that. Who's this person? They're talking big money. Crazy. They came out of nowhere. I don't think so. You know, so, and again, I I have to reiterate, we're in North Dakota, Minnesota. We're a far ways away from any, from, from a lot of serious drifters. Um, but we still had a great event and it still was, you know, it's still, was a was a positive experience for locals, spectators, um, and the drivers that came from afar. I mean, a lot of those drivers are 
are talking about coming back or, or have already registered to come back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, a cool deal either way. It's just one of those things where we just have, you know, we got to get the driver count. Once we get the driver count, it will be smooth sailing. And frankly, we, we continue to grow this, the, the, you know, the payouts will go up. So drivers, the more of you that come, the better the show we put on, the more y'all have the chance at winning. So if you don't mind me asking, where are you guys currently at for registered um, drivers? We are, we are a lot better than we were last year. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, it's, it's a 40 driver limit, correct? It's a 40 driver cap. We're over half. Okay, cool. So, so, um, yeah, I mean, we're over half, but we're not sold out, which again, we'd, we'd love to be. So if you know anyone that needs to register, hit them up, but we're, we're not there yet. And that's okay. Um, we, I believe this time around we will get there. We did move the date from June to July because statistically we've had better weather in July. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that we'll have, we'll have really good weather and, and it, it should be a, it should be a pretty awesome event. I mean, it should be a lot of fun. And and like I said, I, I, for, for the sake of, of drivers, you, you know, there's double elimination. So you really have the opportunity of going far. And if, if we don't sell out, it just makes it easier for the other guys. Yeah, it does. I know that one of the guys, uh, my buddy, the reason I found out about you guys is uh, through a friend that's actually been on the podcast before, Justin Chestnut. Um, yep. yep. Yeah, he's driving there, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's taking his RX-7. Yep. He's, yeah, he's competing. Um, we were I the the toter home that they picked up that um, Justin and and Josh Love picked up. Yeah. It's actually um, is that was actually purchased about 30 miles north of me. Oh, okay. So, um, actually, not even thirty miles. Probably twenty miles north of me. So, you know, he, he had. I've I've known. You know, I got to meet Justin last year, and great guy. And, and Josh Love, great guy. Josh Love will be back as well. So, oh, okay. You know, those guys both will be competing and and having a crazy time. And then we got you know Lexus King will be will be coming up from Sonoma to do our announcing. Um, I don't know who that gentleman is. Now I have to find out. The who he, annou- is. he was the announcer at Sonoma Drift last year for their shootout. What was his name again? Lexus King. Okay, Lexus King. All right, yeah. I'm writing that down. Check him out on Facebook. Yeah. I have to find him. <laughs> yep. Good, uh, good dude. Um, been uh, been in the scene for a long time. You know, I friended him on Facebook a long time ago because I was an RX7 guy. He was an RX7 guy. Um, and then uh, Robbie Nishida is our guest judge this year. Oh, sweet! From FD, so he'll be he'll be basically flying into Fargo from Japan. You had a then, you guys had to wait for them to announce that he was going to be a judge, right? Right. Well, yeah, and and frankly, we didn't know that we had to have an FD judge <laughs> until until after he was announced. But but that's I mean that's fine. I I think it's awesome that that we that he's going to be there. Um, I think it's cool that he's <laughs> that he's got to get off a uh, the trip from Japan to 
come to North Dakota. That's a little, I mean, I suppose a little different from him for him, but yeah, um, we'll make it worth, we'll make it fun for him. And then, and then he, and then he flies out straight from here to FD Seattle, FD Seattle's the next weekend. Actually, he was on a maximum drift cast last week and I, I asked him what his intentions were with my daughter. I don't have a, I don't have a kid, a daughter rather. I do Fair. have a kid. I have a son. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so. he's really cool and seems really laid back. So I'd like to see how yep. he does this year judging. Um, I th- I think he'll be I think he'll be good. Um, I think it'll be fun to watch him because he brings the the fresh driver side of it. You know. Yeah, just getting um, off of what twenty eighteen yeah. when he retired. Yeah, just yeah, just retiring. You know, he he has driven these monster thousand horsepower cars with crazy angle he he gets how they act so i think i uh, to be honest i think we'll see a little bit different technical side of it than we have seen recently with the current judges um i i mean i'm i'm critical of the judges but i'm at the same time i i understand they have the hardest job in the sport um because on any given day they they have people asking for their head you know um it's definitely the most complicated yeah it's it's tough and i wouldn't you know we we've we've talked about that in in organizing our judges and we're like well why can't one of us judge well because we're running the event and it's just bad news so none of our none of our staff is allowed to compete in the event um and none of our staff are allowed to judge the event got it that way there is no that way there is no potential for drama um and if you run an event and you run in your own event then fine i mean i there's no hard feelings i don't care one way or the other i just don't want to be i don't i and our staff don't want to be ripped apart for for competing in our own event and doing well yeah that's there's indifference on that and i think my personal belief is like i don't see an issue with it like rathena gomer who puts on the Drift League, she won't compete in the Drift League. Um, right. Last year, she competed in Just Drift. And then I've sure. also had Sean Hardham on, and Sean Hardham runs the Spec D series in Canada, and he'll he's competed in his series before. And, you know, he's... I don't know necessarily, like, what his best finish was, but, you know, I don't believe he's actually, like, won the entire deal. Like, he still doesn't have his license, but I know that's still his goal. Sure. And that's, and that's cool. And like I said, there's no, you know, I'm, I'm, as you use the word indifferent, I'm indifferent to it. Like I, I really don't care if you want to run your own series. That's, yeah. that's all pop to you. I know, uh, Nick Castleberry from clutch kickers runs in his series and that's cool. Okay. I, I support you. I just, we just feel here that it's in our best interest not to. And then so, no one can say anything about it. Yep. And then it gives, it gives zero conversation of all oh, these guys these guys made it work for them yeah, you know, yeah that's what I was gonna say. that conversation we don't i don't support nor want that type of drama so um so we just we just have eliminated it i don't even want to have to have the conversation so um without without putting ourselves in that position we don't have to have the conversation yeah and then do you still drive? I know you, I know you. Cut. So, yeah. So I, I had, I had a couple cars that worked just fine, drove, you know, a couple events. And then 
I thought that building a car was going to be a great idea because I had the goal of, you know, the dream of being a pro driver. And in, in the grand scheme of things, that was probably the biggest mistake that I made because I overbuilt the car, never got it right, spent way too much money and didn't drive for five years. So, so, um, and you know, and then after the, when the car was done, it didn't work and it was always broken and I couldn't figure it out, nor did I. And then I kind of lost the ambition. So since then I sold that car, got into a different one, um, traded that car, kind of just moved around. Now I got a, a S 14 that was built so well. The guy spent so much time on it, um, traded him for a C five Corvette. Then, you know, that he's, he's going to be able to enjoy. And I think it'll be, you know, it'll be great for, for what I'm trying to do. And that's just drive locally. I don't, I don't have the, the dream of going pro anymore as I much rather would just want, like to watch guys who drive our series go pro. But you didn't leave the sport. So you've actually, no, no, no. you no the whole time we've you been were one of those fucking complainers that was just <laughs> bitching about how the sport is changing. You, you did something to help the sport. Absolutely. We just, you know, instead of, uh, instead of complaining, we, we ran events you know, yeah. um, we, uh, we just, we just continued to run events and, and, you know, there's, there's an event called Proving Grounds, Minnesota. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Neither do I. I hope it held. Or I hope you got whatever, whatever we were talking about. Uh, I did. I did. You know, yeah. last last episode i decided to like write notes down and i that's what i've been sure. doing this whole show and it's been helping so i'm gonna keep doing that good um, good, good something about minute uh Where were proving we? grounds minnesota oh yeah so so we ran or so i helped a group a local group run proving grounds um pretty big event multiple events a year um it's up from everything from drag racing to drifting and then you know, and then I've been, and I've been doing that since, uh, 2015, 14. And then, um, you know, as I was trying to get my car done and then also helping out with power cruise, which is an event based out of Australia guy comes over here, runs an event once a year. Awesome event. Um, drifting is like kind of more of a, you know, a side, a side mm-hmm. gig for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, a it's a, it's a fun event and, you know, we run the drifting there. And then, like I said, um, you know, we created ND drift in 2015 and with the help of sandback race development, top end dragways, Fargo drifting. And we've, we've had a, you know, we have a heck of a staff that puts on some really good shows up here. Nice. And, uh, I wanted to go back to, um, your car and talking about how you said you'd overbuilt it. Uh, yep. what, what car were we talking about? And so, you know, what was overbuilt? Well, it, overbuilt for my financial state, we'll put it that way. Okay. That's, um, that makes sense. That it's a little, that's a little bit more accurate. I had, um, 
I had an FDR X7, and we put a 2J. Well, initially, we were building it as a rotary car, and then we decided to go with a 2J. And I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the resources, the financial status to build the car the way it should have been built. Um, You know, a lot of it was done with minimal money, working, you know, wheeling and dealing, trying to make things work. Um, using old outdated stuff, you know, I had a NA2J turbo that came out of a car, had 200,000 miles on motor, you know, that type of stuff. It was no crazy, fresh, new, everything, um, you know, caged and modified the knuckles on my own and, uh, mad fab, a local shop here built this crazy aluminum front end. And, you know, it was just, it was just a, a list of things that had to be done that didn't have to be done. I could have thrown a rotary in the car and driven and got to know the car and then slowly upgraded as like, say Aaron has, um, in his, in his art pink arc seven, mm-hmm. you know, those, that, that's the way it should have been done maybe, but it wasn't. And, it just it became a bigger, you know, nightmare than what it what it should have been. And then I just I won't say lost interest. I just not interested in fighting the car. So and frankly, there was no support for drifting FDs. There's you know five in the world that are competitive, and those guys all have a hundred some thousand in them. So. It was in my best interest to end that nightmare, per se. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, it was, I won't say it was, it's probably on par with everyone's pro-am build, uh-huh. you know, but <clears throat> it was, it was too much for my financial state at the time. I would have needed, you know, every time I, I turned around, I needed a thousand bucks, five thousand bucks, you know whatever to to get it where it should have been yeah it's and five thousand dollars just doesn't come by as easy as it does for others (laughs) no and that's just it is it's not you know it just wasn't that meant that that chase wasn't for me you know that that trying to make it happen just wasn't going to happen for me at the time Mm -hmm. and and then, like I said, I lost, I lost the want to fight to be a pro driver, um, and and that's 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 on me, you know. Um, but I I I really enjoy running events and and you know helping people get there if that's the if that's the route we can take, you know. We have and we have a lot of people that feel that same way. They really enjoy. Um, helping people get to that point. Yeah. Um, with this Pro 2 shootout, is this going to be a one-time deal? Do you guys plan on building, eventually putting this into like a Pro-Am series maybe? Like what is the plan? Are you guys just playing it by ear? Well, so so the series probably won't happen. Okay. Um, you know, we probably won't ever get to a multi-event series, but we do want to do, you know, as long as as long as FD will let us, we'll continue running Pro-Am, um, you know, a shootout. And if, and if it's, uh, 
you know, if it has to, or if it's just one event a year, then great. Then that is what it is. Um, but if we can, you know, maybe it goes to two events a year and it's different locations and it's whatever, then great. But I'm happy with just one a year, same location, same track, same people. Um, you know, we're, we're very much about the, the people up here and, and I think that's important. And I assume that's a smaller community up there because just the area that you guys are in. Yeah, it's very tight knit, right? It's yeah. very tight. To be honest, this year we kind of had a moral dilemma because we have a lot of good drivers, core drivers, that mm-hmm. um, competed in our event last year. And this year they can't because they don't meet the specifications, but we want them to because they've been with us since day one. Yeah. You know, so we were really struggling when FD came out with the new rule book is do we make this, you know, do we do this? And we we eventually decided that it was, you know, it was in our, you know, uh, it was in our best interest to at least run the one event. Um, we still have all the other events where it's where it's uh, grassroots that they can compete in or, or drive in and, and still have a good time. But we don't like to leave anyone out who's been with us since the start. That's awfully nice of you guys. <laughs> um, are you guys doing anything to kind of like help these guys get to that point to make their cars uh, come up to spec, like working with partners yeah. in the industry to yeah, maybe like, get like a group like buy cost? A yeah, like I said a little bit earlier, what we're trying to do here when we run the um, when we run the pro am or when we run the grassroots series is we are trying to uh, right now we're trying to work with some partners to see if we can't you know get the you know maybe get them a containment seat or get them a um, you know, Hans device or, or whatever, the winners of these events. And, and as that, as that happens, you know, that will help them. Um, and then we'll form the partnerships with these guys as well. And then if our grassroots guys want to come up and run pro-am, then we'll have the people that we can send them to, you know, plus, plus Sandback race development is a performance shop. You know, they have a dyno, they have, they have fabrication, they have, pretty much everything so so there's a you know right at the track there is a shop with an all-wheel drive dyno with a fab shop and everything right there at the facility so there's kind of a lot of perks going into running at this facility okay um is there any way you guys would be able to do like a live stream of the event that's the that's the goal we kind of haven't we have a meeting this weekend um that we're, we're going to try to talk about a couple of those things on, on how we address that situation because we tried to run it last year and it was just me holding my phone and it sucked yeah and, i imagine that's not the greatest and you know with the radio going off every 30 seconds and and with you know trying to tell people who won and who did this and it, it became very difficult and I don't want, frankly, I don't want to do it. And so if I got to have someone else hold a, you know, hold a stick and, and video, then that's what will have to happen. Cause I, I can't do it. Yeah. But, 
Plus, I'm not. I'd much rather watch the drifting than than watch it through a phone. Um, I agree. <laughs> I almost got to find someone who doesn't care about drifting to come and videotape drifting. Yeah, so. but that's not free either. So, and then nope, trying to get nope. it up to a live stream, like, nope. do you have the it's bandwidth a... to support it? Right. It's All definitely a game. Play. You play a little bit of a game there. Yeah. Um, but you know, as far as everything else goes, I think that's it, man. I think we got oh, a lot in that little hour, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, bet. I appreciate it. I mean, dude. I think that I think that's good. I think we'll, you know, I hope some point you'll be able to make it up. Maybe next year. Uh, maybe get that it depends. Together uh, if I can. If I could pull, you know, something out of my ass and make it happen, definitely. But uh, right now, oh, yeah. my car's not being gonna get done till like June, July, anyways. And right. then I registered. And... Yeah, exactly. I registered for the Pro Two shootout in Vegas. Um, Good. So Good. I want to focus on driving a proper line <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, and then definitely practice on some tandem stuff because uh, I've done that twice in my drifting right. career well, so i need to make sure yep, I can definitely definitely try to practice on that before then yeah you, exactly that's events. the plan that's uh so that's a that's w- a big deal especially yeah. when you're going in with some of those guys yeah and i won't be competing in any event beforehand uh okay if i do it'll just be it'll probably if i do it'll be the drift league just to kind of get like my feet wet again on the competition side yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. but that'll probably be like the event right before the uh pro two shit i'm going to so Sure. We'll see how sure. it goes. And which well, half the people I, I'm sure I know are going to be there. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, I hope I hope uh, I hope it all goes well for you. And um, if there's anything that we can can do for you up here in North Dakota, let me know. Yeah, man. As soon as I can uh, get my life together, maybe I can actually make some <laughs> out of state events. That's probably one of my bigger goals right now. Actually, sure. it's actually a sure. bigger goal than even doing Pro Two. Um, is sure, to actually absolutely. get out there and get across the country and see what these, uh, what every different region is like, you know, when it comes to drifting. Yeah. Everyone's different. All organizers are different. Yeah, every definitely. Events, even if they're all ran with the same base layer, right? They're all ran a little different. Yeah, you're still going to get a different um, experience at every event. Yeah. It's a ton of fun, though. Um, you're welcome up here anytime. Like I said, if uh, if you ever want to chat again, though, uh, I'd love to love to chat. So. Yeah, no, let's definitely chat after your guys' event goes, and we'll uh, touch base, see how it went. Hopefully, you know, we get all forty spot. You guys get all forty spot spots filled. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be in touch with you here soon. So, if you guys are in the area and you want to do a Pro Two shootout, <laughs> uh, what does it cost to register? Five hundred. So oh, okay. we're, a little, we're a little cheaper. We're a little cheaper than the other shootouts. Yeah. But again, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. The, it so, was, uh, it was 500 for the Vegas one too. So, yep. And I think it's 750 for MDU and 750 for us drift. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I was really happy when it was 500 bucks. Cause I was like, I don't know or if I can swing the yep. 750. <laughs> right. Yep. But, 500, 500 is, is, is reasonable and we pay out a little more, but, but again, that's not, you know, it's just meant to try to get some people up here. Gotcha. But already, man, thank you again. And hey, one more time, where can people reach you? you? They can reach me at, or they can reach us at, uh, um, on our Facebook page, ND Drift. They can reach us at, uh, on Instagram at ND Drift. 
They can reach the track at Top End Dragways on both Facebook and Instagram. Fargo Drifting posts quite a bit about all that stuff as well. And that is pretty much it. All righty, man. You have a good night. Hey, I appreciate talking with you. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Bye.